0: Hello, everyone. This is Glenn from the Mighty Deeds podcast, uh, here to let you know that Mighty Deeds is going to be taking a hiatus for a little while. But we're going to drop into the feed a couple episodes from our sister podcast, 11 Foot Pole. We're running a dark sun campaign right now. And if you're interested in what you hear, go to your podcatcher of choice and search for 11 Foot Pole to subscribe and follow our further adventures. Hello everyone, and welcome to Eleven Foot Pole: Tale of High Adventure. My name is Glenn, and I am not your referee for this session. I am, in fact, the dungeon master for this session, as we are putting our Dolmenwood campaign briefly on hold. Um, the Kickstarter has has closed on Dolmenwood uh, as we are recording this, and I know at one point recently they were at 666% uh, of their goal. I don't know if they ended there. That would have been awesome. Um, but in any case, we're, we're putting Dolman Wood on hold for just a little while, and we're going to be running a Dark Sun campaign um, in the meantime. So uh, I will be your DM for this session, and joining me around the table is my regular band of malcontents. Hello there, friends. It's me, Glenn, from 11 Foot Pole, the program you're currently listening to, Um the remainder of this episode is going to be edited up a little bit weird because when we started recording, I didn't turn on anyone's mic except my own. So you won't get to hear the uh, backstories that the characters came up with or the content that we came up with for the uh, tribe that they belong to. Uh, sorry about that. You'll have to kind of pick it up as the episodes go along. Uh, but let's hear what did get recorded from this week's episode. There you go. There you go. All right, so... um there's a uh, there's a YouTube channel called PhD and D, and Dr. Bowers has an excellent YouTube channel there. And sometime last year or the year before, he, he published this idea. He called "Rhyme of the Dark Sun," and it's a whole series of videos. They'll be linked in the description. And his idea was to do a whole Dark Sun campaign, basically by reskinning "Rhyme of the Frost Maiden." Okay. So his, his whole mentality was, we're not going to rewrite a whole bunch of stuff. We're not going to rewrite all the classes and create a custom Scion class and everything else. We're going to reskin as much as possible. Use the stats from basic D&D. Use the stats from Rime of the Frostmaiden. Um, but change the appearance of things, excuse me, to be... Dark Sun. So, that's why I'm saying JP's character is a scion. She's g- using psychic powers, um, but the rules underneath that—oh, yes, very nice, very nice—the um, rules underneath that are actually just going to be that she's a sorcerer, but she's not casting spells. She's actually using psychic powers. Um, so, come with us to the uh, burning world of Athos. Um, the Dark Sun campaign setting is uh, – basically was inspired by Mad Max and the idea of post-apocalyptic role-playing. And uh, TSR published it back in the day. Um, Wizards doesn't have the chutzpah to publish it nowadays because slavery is one of the common themes throughout the throughout the Dark Sun campaign setting. So basically – Uh, All of you guys would know that the legends of the world of Athos is that there was this time called the Green Age, right? Which is basically when Athos was like the Forgotten Realms, more or less. Um, But these sorcerers discovered this kind of magic called defiling magic, where they could empower their spells uh, to much higher levels by draining the life and vitality and fertility out of the land around them. Um, so, these sorcerer kings started doing that, and basically, through their wars with one another, it led to runaway desertification of the entire planet. Um, so there are all these ruins, there are all these places on Athens where you can see there used to be rivers, there used to be oceans, there used to be cities that had docks, you know, sticking out into the ocean. And now it's all just sand. It's all blasted rock. And, uh, you know, this was of course thousands of years ago, right? So the, so the, the boats and everything, uh, have all rotted away. And, uh, it's basically like this huge bronze age desert region, which is, as you can see, I've made custom terrain to go with the, um, oh my gosh. Um, uh, I've made custom terrain to go with this setting. Um, So what's true on Athos is, first of all, um, there's very little metal. It's a very, very metal poor planet. Iron is incredibly valuable, and the few iron weapons that are out there um, are greatly prized. You guys, on the other hand, are going to be mostly using bone weapons— flint spears, obsidian axes, and stuff like that. Um, And, of course, uh, the planet is very, very water poor. Uh, The planet is very, very water poor, right? So, um, you guys are in a region known as the Table Land. And uh, specifically, uh, I'm going to send you guys a map at some point. Um, There is a region... to the west, on the western edge of the tableland, there's this row of mountains, the Ringing Mountains. Okay, and um, man, up there, <laughs> Jason, you're killing me, man. Uh, up there, up there in the Ringing Mountains, up there in the Ringing Mountains, um, there's actually there's actually supposedly you know water and almost like rainforests up there. Um, but as as dangerous and savage as the creatures of Athis are, of the Tablelands are. Man, when you get up into those mountains, it's it's 50 times worse. These things are all way overleveled and, uh, you know, TPK you in just a couple rounds. Um, and also, worst of all, it's rumored that this uh, this area is infested with uh, cannibalistic halfling tribes. Um, so your, uh, your friend, Fulgrin, uh, is an outcast from these savage, uh, man-eating, sentient-eating halflings, right? Uh, that are known and feared all across Athas uh, for their ambushes and traps and putting people in stew pots and eating them. Um, so, um, so there are about five major city states in the Tableland, okay. And each one of them is ruled over by a despotic sorcerer king. One of these defiler kings um, controls each different city-state. And uh, all the people there live under the, under the violent oppression of the sorcerer kings. Okay? And um, outside of the big city-states are what are called slave tribe, which is a st- stupid name that they gave them back in 2nd edition, because you're not slaves anymore. You're like former slaves— Right or the descendants of former slaves. Okay, so there's this little area. There's a little area called the Ten Towns, and um, ha ha, not bad. All right, so these are the table lands that I'm talking about. These are the Ringing Mountains that the Feral Halfling um, and Uric and Rom and Golg are all examples of these uh, city states. Right. Up here in this sort of hilly region north of Tier, there are 10 little independent settlements, right? slave tribes. Um, but actually you're free tribes, right? And each little village, each little settlement has its own sort of it's 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 built around this little oasis and um, they have their own sort of, Something that they farm or hunt for or gather that they are then able to trade with the other little towns to kind of create this network of livability, right? Where you guys are able to trade back and forth and sort of subsist, right? And then, uh, very occasionally, uh, somebody will make a caravan trip down to Tier, right? Which is the nearest big, bad city-state. OK, Here, here's the thing. So Kalak, uh, the the sorcerer king, like it's actually. Um, obviously, when when a, a caravan from the Ten Towns comes into tier. I mean, he could just enslave those people. Right. But then he wouldn't continue to get the products from the Ten Towns. And it's definitely not worth it to him to, like, go out and conquer these little settlements and try to take them over right? So it's actually in the best interest of the Sorcerer King to kind of just trade with you guys. And as long as, like, none of the people you send have, like, a slave brand on them where they've obviously just escaped in the last year, uh, generally you can go to tier, kind of keep your head down, go in, make your trades, and get out, okay? So there are there are rules for, like, dehydration and how much, you know, you need two gallons of water and a... And, like a pound of food a day. It's in the little document that I sent you. For our viewers, so you know, there there are several different conversions of Dark Sun to 5e, fan-made things that are floating around out there. I basically took a couple that I found online and stitched them together into what we're going to do. Again, with the mindset being, we're doing the minimum of actual rules changes. We're mostly reskin. Um, but to answer your question from a story standpoint, Corey, um... It's assumed when you're traveling with your caravan, it's assumed that you guys have enough food and water, like, for yourselves, and, right, to get to where, like, you you guys have gone through these paths a bunch of times. You know how long it takes to get to the next little town or to tier, and you're going to have enough food and water for that, unless something happens where the, you know, you get attacked and your water... Uh, your water skin thing gets ruptured and now, you know, now you've got to try to find water uh, or die, you know. But generally, um, it's assumed that you guys are carrying enough uh, food and water with you if nothing goes wrong to complete your complete your trip. Does that make sense? One more thing about the world and then we're going to get into the specifics about your tribe. Um, the, uh, so the... Th- when they released Dark Sun uh this guy I can't think of his he wrote 5 Dark Sun novels that became like the core storyline of the Dark Sun okay it's called the Prism Pentad um and in the first book of the Prism Pentad the hero of the story who is a mole gladiator um yay for the moles <laughs> and uh and his love interest and his other love interest and this noble who's, like, good to his slaves and all that stuff, they all come together and they basically kill Kalak. Kalak, K-A-L-A-K. Kalak. They kill him at the end of that first novel, right? And Tyr actually becomes a free city. They free the slaves. They free the gladiators. And um, that is what has just happened in the, in the past like two months in our setting, okay? So word has reached you guys that Kalak is dead, has been slain by this gladiator hero, and that the people of Tyr are actually free. They don't, they're don't. they not under the boot of a sorcerer king. Um, now, the sorcerer kings are served by a group of uh, warrior priests called Templar, okay? And we're basically going to be using the five E rules for uh, warlocks for them, where the Sorcerer King is their patron, right? So Kalak's um, Templars kind of kept order in the city and enforced his despotic rule. And what you've heard is like uh, one of the one of the high Templars was basically involved in the overthrow of Kalak, and now he's sort of become like the king of the city, but he's not a defiler, and he is trying to, like, implement social reforms and all the rest of this kind of stuff, right? So, there's a lot of power struggles going on in the city of Tyr, and there's a lot of uncertainty about what the future of the city is, but um, there's definitely been a big change, okay? All right. So, now, you guys are all part of the same tribe okay? You guys have got this, um, there was kind of a, um, there was kind of a fort built into this sort of rocky outcropping, right? Uh, from, from centuries ago, right, there was this, uh, there was this fort of the Mad, Mad Wayne's fort here, um, that has fallen into, uh, disuse and everything else, and your tribe a couple generations ago, discovered this place, right? So, this is where you guys, this is where you guys live and where your tribe lives. And you guys specifically are kind of uh, a band of sort of caravan guards uh, who travel with the caravan <laughs> uh, when you go to trade with the other ten towns, or when you guys go to trade with Tier right? You protect it from all the savage wasteland beetles and savage wasteland lizards and raiders and everything else that are uh, dangers in the great alluvial wastes. We need to do a little bit of world building here together. Uh, I guess we're going to try to go with Fort Wain as the name of the settlement. Um, But we also, (laughs) we also need a name for your tribe at some point. The Iron Sun tribe, right? Uh, ironically should probably be called the Iron Daughters because it's a more or less patriarchal society uh, out there in this uh, in this remote ruined fort. okay um, yeah, so the leaders call themselves the Iron Daughters, even though iron is very rare on this pl- on this planet. that's that's why, right? that's that's why they call themselves that. And uh the 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 council of elders is this is this flinty, hard-bitten group of desert women. And the leader, if you saw uh, Fury Road, the um the old lady who was kind of the leader of the women that they finally like met out in the desert, you know the lady I'm talking about? Uh Persephone, some call her Persephone, uh is the is sort of the tribal elder, right? And um she actually went on this sort of vision quest and um, uh, stared at the sun so long she lost her eyesight and she has like the you know bandage over her eyes now. Uh, but she's gained deeper insights uh, from doing that. She's the leader of your group um now the the iron Sun, so um there there is some water here in this in this mountain fastness, right there's a little. Spring or well in the very back of one of the rooms, um, but there's another resource that has that that grows there that you guys are able to trade with your near nearby neighbors and and stay alive. So is that hell wasp honey, or is it spine apple uh, in the in the in the sort of ravines and sort of cracks in the shaded sort of. Uh, clefts of the rock up on this rock face where you guys are, um, wild spine apples grow. Um, by the way, and I, I already told the gang this, but our listeners, like, I basically said we're reskinning all of their classes, so instead of a ranger, you're a wasteland ranger, or instead of a barbarian, you're a savage barbarian of the wastes. So, um, the other the other thing we we reskin is like instead of finding dates you find like thistle dates or instead of finding um, you know wheat you find thorn wheat or hell wheat or you know barb wheat you know it, it, you just you just have to add something to make it a little more metal and uh, and and it's side. see how easy that is so so you guys harvest uh, your your gatherers. Right. There are two there are two occupations in the tribe, hunter or gatherer. Um, your gatherers uh go up into these rocky clefts and come back with spine and you make spineapple cider um and uh spineapple what do you call it? Spineapple sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, oh, the spineapple upside down cake is to die for. But that's that's only like for special occasions, right? You gotta you gotta you got to grind up a bunch of dried maggots to make the, uh, to make the flour. Um, so anyway, so, uh, so this is how you guys survive. Um, so as far as your characters go, you guys are, you guys are, uh, on your way. You guys are on your way to the town of Termlane. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, so what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to end, uh, our, our, our broadcast here. Um, if you're interested in seeing, uh, where we go with this old school, uh, dark sun campaign, well, you know what to do. Subscribe to our channel, subscribe to 11 foot pole, give us a like, share us on, on social media and stuff like that. And, uh, next, join us next week for more high adventure.